0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments.
1: Hosted by thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more.
0: Greetings and salutations, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. This week, we find ourselves staring down the barrel of another incredible deep dive into a musical chosen by you, our audience. And as always, we are joined by our semi-irregular co-host, Gareth Dyson.
2: Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here.
1: But before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabal people of Yegarra. The traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to elders past and present. So, how is Mary Poppins?
2: Mary Poppins is going so well. The Sydney season's doing really nicely, and we're ready for a Brisbane season kicking off October 22nd.
0: I am so, so excited. I can't believe it. Gareth is going to be in a Brisbane Vegas.
2: I'm doing the thing night
0: doing the thing. I cannot wait to come and watch it. I'd suggest jumping on
2: really quickly though, because Michael Castle himself told us yesterday, we've already sold about 50,000 tickets in Brisbane. So get in quick. Stop
0: it. Okay. I'm going to have to get in. I'm going to have to get in guys. If you're in Brisbane as well, come on. Hit
1: me up. Let's go together. <laughs> it is so such a delightful show to watch. It was so much fun. And I was like, I'm not going to cry when she flies away. And Mel and I were just sitting next to each other, gripping each other. Like She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> so beautiful. <laughs> And I've never seen Steph Jones, like I've only seen her in Muriel's Wedding, which is a very different, very different vibe. So it was so amazing seeing her as Mary Poppins because I've never heard her sound like that and she literally was practically perfect.
2: There it is. And on that note, friends, talking about Poppins (laughs) is all well and good, but we have another show to discuss, I do believe. we do, me. we really
0: do, me and me. if you didn't get it from my really amazing introduction, uh, <laughs> we are talking about Heathers.
1: Yes, so our listening audience has spoken and we have responded. The subject of our delightful deep dive this month, deep dive, this month is a cult classic 2014 musical, heathers based on the 1989 film of the same name heathers follows the story of veronica sawyer a 17 year old student at westerberg high school as she navigates all the classic high school tropes of popularity love revenge and intense psychopathic murder suicide epidemics
0: bringing together writers Lawrence O'Keefe and kevin murphy Who brought us Legally Blonde and Reefer Madness, Heathers started as a series of stage readings in 2009 in Los Angeles with Christian Bell in the lead role of Veronica. Really interesting one. One year later, for two nights only, Heathers was presented as a concert musical in the iconic Joe's Pub in Manhattan and and featured performers such as Annalie Ashford, Jeremy Jordan, and Jenna Lee Green, just to name a few. The most famous production of Heather's so far was the 2014 Off-Broadway production at New World Stages featuring Barrett Wilbert-Weed as Veronica, Ryan McCartan, L. Mclemore, and the Tony Award winning actor Anthony Crevo?
1: Crive-
2: the show's had huge success around the globe with professional performances and tours occurring across the US, England, Australia and even Brazil. But fascinatingly, This show is the only deep dive topic we've covered to date that has never had an official Broadway run, only managing to run off-Broadway at New World Stages for barely three months in 2014. Despite its short lifespan, Heathers has proved to have a white knuckle grip on the younger side of the musical theatre fanbase, with fan art, amateur and university productions and viral TikTok trends driving the show to newer heights of adoration.
1: Mm. That's It's, it's is. so interesting having a show that is literally like a part of like pop culture now that literally has never had, like I've never seen a professional production of Heather's. I've only seen, you know, amateur indie productions. But it's, I, I feel like 20, oh my God. I feel like Australia has been in a pandemic of Heather's for a very long time. Like there's at least... Four to five productions a year.
2: Every society and their mother is doing this show. I personally am sick of the show. (laughs) I've been seeing so many productions of it, so many people doing it, and here's my problem with the overabundance of heathers. Because everyone is doing it, no one has done anything new with it. It Mm. feels like every production I've seen since Australia did their production which was incredible. The Jazz Flowers, Lucy Maunder, Lauren McKenna production, which had a oh, lot of friends yeah. of mine in it. Seeing that one, phenomenal, groundbreaking, innovative. Everything after that has been a love letter to the West End or the off-Broadway version. And yeah. it's just a bunch yeah. of Heathers fans doing Heathers.
1: Which I feel like is a good time to to mention, um, considering how much you hate it, um, that our amazing Eliza...
2: I, I didn't say playing... I hated it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're sick of it. Um, is is going to be... Yes.
0: I, I just got cast as Veronica in the Queensland Cons production of Heathers, which is super, super exciting. It's really cool. Like, it's really cool. I'm a bit like mind blown, to be honest. Yeah. For those who <laughs> um, don't
2: know, for those who don't know, the Queensland Conservatorium at Griffith University is one of the leading musical theatre programs in the country at the moment. Eliza is studying there, and so to be cast in a leading role in the musical there is a really good get.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Pretty stoked. I get to share the role, which is absolutely thrilling, um, and I'm really in, on that note of you know, innovative theatre, I'm really interested to see what we do that's going to be different. Um, and, you know, like, I'm I'm definitely not the smallest chick on stage. So I was yeah. very – it was a very interesting audition process. I got put up for Heather Chandler. I got put up for Martha and Veronica. So it was um, – it's really great. I'm very lucky that we have a lot of body diversity in my year group and we are able to – play any role and it doesn't really matter I'm very excited
1: to see um my gorgeous curvy best friend play this absolute badass of a character it's gonna be so so exciting yeah I'm really excited to see what you guys do with it because there's nothing that's the only thing that really disappoints me like I've seen some productions where they have so much Potential and the voices are phenomenal, but they just don't do anything new with it. It, it just feels yeah. like, <clears throat> you know, the wonderful people playing Veronica, who nine times out of ten have the most amazing voices, get to like Barrett Wilbur Weed level, and but then they li- leave it there.
0: Yes, and they yeah, don't do anything
1: no. different with it.
0: Well, what I'm really excited about about our production is, like, even already we've had chats, like, our MD is like, hey, I want you to come up with your own riffs and I want you to, like, do your own thing. I want you to not be Barrett Wilbur Weed or be uh, Carrie Hope Fletcher. (gasps) They want us to be our own version of Veronica. And I think for me that's really exciting because, as a few of you also know, I've done the role once before. And um, Tori has seen seen that one as well, and Twice. I think I am excited to try something new and um try and be a bit more myself like, so
1: i'm so excited yeah. to see how much you've changed since then because i know yeah. how much you have changed since then um but it's gonna be Let's hope i have changed yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah so i'm so <laughs> excited to to see that change and i think gareth was sticking his little hand up there before
2: i was but then i put it down because i realized i had nothing to say
1: Oh, <laughs> you're like, let <laughs> me speak.
2: Oh, I don't yeah, know is what a, this about. This is a chaotic recording, my friends, but we are diving in as best as we can. So we've talked oh, yeah. about our friends, our personal connections with the show. I've mentioned my yes. friends who were in the Australian production. I do have a very brief, uh, fun anecdote to share. Lucy Maunder, mm-hmm. Australia's own Heather Chandler, was kind enough to share with me a fun little story about her time. <gasps> on the Australian tour of Heathers. It is a very brief story. Um, She just turned to me one day and said, oh, you're doing Heathers. Okay, here's my story. Um, I spent most of the show trying not to projectile vomit onto most of the audience because I was heavily pregnant during the entire production.
0: (gasps) Oh my God, stop it.
2: Yeah, it was very funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, whoa.
2: So yeah, she was... Like, lying on her dressing room floor, the girls were coming in, Lucy, the show's about to go, are you alright? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just very ill. And of course, she couldn't tell anyone, because the musical theatre industry is a gossip-mongering crowd. So, yeah, she didn't want it to be known she was pregnant just yet. And that was, like, six-ish years ago, and now little Edie is around talking.
1: That's
0: crazy. Have you, met, have you met Edie?
2: I haven't met Edie personally, but I, she's come oh. to the show a few times.
0: Oh, how cute. I love that. little, <laughs> yeah. little sweet That is horrible. Could you imagine like being pregnant, doing that show? I couldn't, especially in such a massive role like that, and wanting to vomit can candy I, store. See you later, guys. Love yeah. give, yeah. give me a vomit
2: bin. <laughs> Knowing her, she would have gone completely balls to the wall anyway, to the best of her abilities, because she's Lucy Mawnda. She's I incredible. Am.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Lucy, for giving us that amazing, amazing story. How good. What a good way to start us off.
1: Yeah, I feel like we should um, jump in to, because obviously we've only got so much time to talk and something that I'm really interested to talk about that I've just seen somebody noted is about the songs and the additions and the cut songs um, that... um, were in the West End production uh, because obviously we had the addition of um, Never Shut Up Again, You're Welcome, and I Say No. I believe those are the three additional songs. And Blue was cut out. Um, And from my understanding of the reason that Blue was um, cut out is because it makes, kind of pulls fun a little bit. Um at sexual assault and in, in a way where it's not like we're being ironic, like no, it's just kind of poking fun at it. Um whereas you're welcome really gets the I guess the monologue of pointing out in a way that you're like, Yep, that's how it happens. Of like, you know, um what is they're like talking about how Veronica is dressed and that she should be glad yes. that they want to assault her. Yeah. Um, and also, like Veronica just being like, I was literally thinking about this like last night. How she's saying, "Here we are in a park, fifty yards from my car. I could climb my tree. I wouldn't get that far." Like it's yeah. awful. It is. It is so awful. awful. But it's like it's one of those songs that you hear in a musical, in my opinion, where you're like, "Yep, it it's there for a reason."
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that the addition was so needed because although like some people don't love the rapping and, and do, am, am I keen to do a bit of a rap? I'm not really sure, but, um, <laughs> I've never really rapped before, but, um, I think it was really needed because in blue, Veronica just stood there. Like she didn't actually do anything and it, there was no conversation. It was just kind of like, this is a funny song. Whereas, and it was kind of, like a little bit more happy, Blue. Like, Blue mm-hmm. was a little bit more, let's have a sing along. Yeah, everyone's loving this. But I think you're welcome actually makes the audience think. And also gives that dynamic of what actually does happen in situations like this. So it, yeah. it, it, I think they were close with Blue, but they kind of found more what they were looking for
1: for the song when yeah. they replaced it with "Your Welcome. It makes the characters less likeable as well, which is, yeah. I think, important.
2: Exactly. And you've both hit the nail on the head with it. O'Keefe and Murphy have both gone on record to say that Blue, with the benefit of hindsight... Not really an optimal song choice, so they rewrote into You're Welcome and slapped that in there for the West End debut and every following production. So Blue is still available in like certain versions of the show, but for the most part, You're Welcome is the accepted song choice, particularly in the high school and amateur versions. Which, can we talk (sighs) about the high school version of Heathers?
0: I... For those
2: who don't really know the show, it is heavily dark when it comes to thematics. Like, we're looking at sexual assault, we're looking at murder, we're looking at uh, however many other issues. It's not exactly the light and fluffy show you expect from a high school. Similar when people do Greece and forget all about that pregnancy sub-story. And yet, they've just created a version of the show in which... Every swear is removed. Uh, A lot of the overtones of the show, like the heavy thematics, are just removed entirely. And the song Big Fun doesn't exist.
1: Wait, what's the point of the show then? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When they censor shows like that, I'm like, there's no, there's actually, just pick a different show. Like, if if you're worried about it legitimately.
2: Correct. At that point, it's just suits. It's just suits and croquet mallets.
1: Yeah, at that point, like, yeah maybe it's not the ideal show for a um high school maybe if it was like a senior high school or something like that but maybe then it's not the ideal show for your high school pick something else there are so many other Correct. shows that you could do that you don't have to censor right
0: I was just gonna say that I think it's really weird that they do a show like this just because like I know the amount of Oh, like, with our production now, like which is something that doesn't usually happen, like, we're going to have a um, a coordinator. What's it called? Uh, intimacy
2: coordinator? Int-
0: yeah, intimacy coordinator. We have a mental health workshop. We have all this stuff. Because all of the... Like, even then, the story is still the same. And for a lot of young people, that story is their story currently. So <laughs> it's not like they can really remove themselves from these characters. And I just don't think of... It- necessarily is probably healthy for high schoolers to be doing a show like this with like where they're at in brain development and everything i'm like oh i don't necessarily think that these schools are putting those things in place so i don't necessarily think this is
1: a good thing for school high schools to have yeah no it's definitely not um i think the ideal show for schools to have um however i'm very much of the the opinion that kids will learn at some point in time whether they do it safely or not is kind of dependent it's like literally working at the bookshop we have books like by colleen hoover that that feature like that uh, um anna the after series that feature very toxic relationships that i just i get so grumpy at work sometimes and i'm like i don't want to sell you this book because i don't want you reading this stuff and idealizing these relationships but also i have this hope that maybe they'll read it and understand that's not you know the ideal relationship
2: yeah that is the most valid point that i think we can bring up about a high school version of a musical like this it is the concept of safety and the idea of choice of when we are exposed to these ideas Mm -hmm. in high school i don't know about you guys it was not the safest learning environment when it came to being a theater kid like you got (gasps) thrown all these delightful themes off just the cuff like Australian theatre, looking at The Removalists' Summer of the Seventeenth Doll. Mm. Oh, this is really showing my age now of when I did the HSC. <laughs> but all these Australian plays focusing on domestic violence, toxic masculinity, all mm. that delightful stuff that, frankly, needed to be talked about, but a lot of students were not ready to hear about. Mm. So, especially surrounded, in my case, by a bunch of meat-headed guys who were like, oh, this is hilarious. That, Like, to quote one of them oh yeah just knock a woman about yeah awful 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 awful, awful. so i would hope that uh, yeah men at some (laughs) point the high school level of maturity may reach a stage where you can do a full production of heathers but don't bother doing the watered down one when the themes are just going to be danced around and made light of
1: yeah i feel like there's no, no point um and i guess moving away from that talking about things like never shut up again and I say no. I've heard multiple opinions. I really love I say no, um, because I feel like it really gives Veronica the moment to, like, she has her stand in, like, I feel like a bit more of a dialogue way, but I feel like this is actually her kind of accepting also the fact that she has participated in these things and she also made the bad choices. Now, they're not as bad as what Jade They're not as extreme as what J.D. did but she still went along with the idea of let's pretend to hurt people which still is not a particularly moral thing. But I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about Never Shut Up Again. I've heard many, many different uh, opinions about the addition of this song. Oh,
0: well on both of them really. I would say like I say no, exactly what you said, which most people don't have the opinion on. But honestly, I think without the song, her character arc does not is not satisfying enough mm. for the audience. Mm. So I love that addition because it's actually like, oh, she is like she's got solos where she sings but she sings about everyone else. Like she sings about you know her high school or she'll sing about like oh let's have sex like she's very it's like all very action based <laughs> other is. than 17 um so I really love it because I think it, it gets some plot holes and slash just like character development in mm. a good way although like really does she have to sing another very high song no but maybe <laughs> is other that songs just you be though because out. you don't
1: want to have to sing it <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like mm. but then act two also she doesn't actually sing a lot in act two so it's probably fine yeah. um but never shut up again I love it I love it I love it I love it I love a good quick change I love the mm-hmm. rip and I'm like oh like the oh bitch yeah. the nice my song I'm like yes um it's a bit of a vibe but yeah I don't know if I have anything intellectual to say other than I really I really dig it and Uh, I'm really excited about the quick change in our production. I'm hoping it will be good.
2: (laughs) I mean, just just quickly, what a mood. It resonated with me when you said, I have nothing intellectual to say because I'm dumb as a bag of rocks today. (laughs) I Say No is great. It is the 11 o'clock number in which the character finally realizes the quote-unquote error of her ways. She's been complicit in all these terrible behaviors. I'm just reiterating everything that Tori has said so far. It was a necessary song in which a necessary song was needed in the original production, but just didn't eventuate. Mm. Never Shut Up Again, I think, is a strong addition and a weak addition, and here are my arguments. Mm. Strong addition, because oh, Heather Duke is the only Heather that does not get her own song until this version and I think it's a waste of a character particularly one that becomes a secondary antagonist in the second act to not have a song at that point It's a failing on the parts of the writer that they've rectified for the West End edition but on that note it does feel like it's just a song for a character that didn't have a song before I feel like it's not really saying anything that the original line didn't say and it was mm. just her screaming, I will never shut up again! Like, that that gets the point across just as well. I don't think it really furthers or cements anything.
1: Mm. I think it it's a song that I think sits really well in the vibe of the show and, like, the, you know, the 80s, um, you know, really uh, over-the-top, um, heightened 80s kind of sense, which is something else that we m- might talk about in the the contrast between the film and the the show. Um, oh, yes. But I love it. Um, I think that I... It's one of those songs in the show where I don't necessarily love it because I'm like, mm, the meaning and all the, like, the... Mm, my little, like, theatre taste buds are being pleased. It's kind of just my... It's just a song that scratches my brain and I'm like, mm, I like the sound of this. This is thoroughly enjoyable to listen to it. And it's, like, a nice little fun, like poppy moment and I do love how over the top the song is because it feels like this character has finally had her moment to like scream and shout and let it all out um and I really enjoy that for that fact of yes it was I feel like a travesty to not have a song previously for this character that is literally causes so much so many issues after Heather Chandler dies. Like, she causes... Spoiler warning, if you don't know the show, Heather Chandler dies. Um, if you don't... Like, I feel like she causes so many issues. How can she not... She's as bad as Heather Chandler. How can she not get her own songs? So I'm glad that she finally did get her own song. And yes, that quick change makes mm. me so happy. Crispy.
0: I think, like, the thing is that she's is worse than Heather Chandler. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of ways she is a lot worse she manipulates everyone and this is her moment but not only that but just in general with where the story is at at that point um it goes from kind of a little bit more i'd say lower stakes just before this and they have to bring it to some sort of heightened state where they have something happen because straight after this is when they go into the reprise for your welcome and that's when she gets completely blasted by everyone saying that she um you know had sex with these people and it wasn't true and I think in the original production, that was not really done... Like, it wasn't written in a way that really made you... The audience or even, the like, the person playing it even feel like that was a big deal. Mm. But... In this one, I will say, going from Never Shut Up Again straight into that, it's so heightened that it actually lands what they were trying to do with the original musical in terms of, like, that shaming that happens in high school around this stuff. And it wasn't just like, oh, that's funny, they're singing Blue, and oh, she's just a bit upset. It was like oh shit, now we're actually listening to the lyrics and really, like, that's horrible and they kind of do this mash. I think it's a mash of Never Shut Up Again and You're Welcome, but it kind of goes into each other or something. So I think that was a really fantastic addition, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I do. I agree. Um, and yes, they, it is. I think it is a mash of You're Welcome and Never Shut Up Again because um, <laughs> I can hear it in my head. Um... I couldn't produce it from my mouth, but I can hear it in my head. Um, But talking about shaming, I'm going to have a cheeky little segue um, about Carrie Hope Fletcher, who we all know is one of my favourite humans on the face of the earth. I've Um, never heard you
2: mention her (laughs) name before.
1: What? Never? Um, She's one of my favourite humans on the face of the earth. She's an author, she's a YouTuber, and most of all, she is a phenomenal performer on the West End. Um, So she played... Veronica. She debuted Veronica in the UK. Um, and the amount of fucking backlash that she got for so many things, but mainly was when they announced the cast and people was like, mm, she's not skinny. And I'm like, where the fuck does it say that Veronica is skinny? I'm sorry. Give yeah. me the character breakdown and show me where it says her weight, please. Mm-hmm. Um, which is insane because she is such a, a phenomenal performer. She has a insane voice, um, and people always get this thing where they attach to the first person that they heard perform it. Which, for ninety nine percent of people, is Barrett Wilbert Weed. And Barrett Wil- Barrett Wilbert Weed has a very her voice is her voice. It is very much you know her voice when you hear it, um, and people also know like her riffs. They know how she did certain things, and so when anyone else does it differently, they're like, um, that's incorrect. And I'm like, actually, it's not written into the score. So technically, it's not incorrect. It's a character It choice. says ad lib here. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Um, and I just think that... It's almost like we're... it's
2: art or something.
1: What? Oh, self-expression. Open to interpretation? Crazy. Crazy. Um, I just think it's absolutely insane the amount of backlash that she got for that role. And I feel like... Because of, well, because of the production, because of everyone in this pro- in the production, um, but I think especially because of Carrie Hope Fletcher, this role is open to so many people now. Um, and also, it is still bloody well running at The Other Palace. Heather's is still running. It's not a show yeah. that I can ever imagine getting a very long, it feels like much more of a boutique kind of run that you would do of a yeah. show where it would be like a maximum a couple of months run. And it's still going.
0: A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more about this because I will admit when I first listened to it, I was in the thrust of doing it and listening to Barrett Wilbert Weed and being like, oh, I really don't like her version. I mean, there were obviously accent issues with that production with a couple of numbers, a couple of um, things, which I'm sure they sorted out. But um, I recently have listened to that one to stop listening to I mean I've stopped listening to all of them now but before I was listening to the UK one and I watched them I watched two productions of the West End version one person tried to be like Barrett Wilbert Weed and I didn't like it and I watched Carrie Hurt Fletcher's and she was actually quite truthful to the text and she her singing was true to her and it was her own version of Veronica and I loved it I thought it was great I thought she sounded great and I thought the recordings were all sounded incredible I think it's when you remove yourself from being so attached to one thing you can actually appreciate something else and actually listen to it properly and not just like go oh it's different so it's not not as good no it's just different and that's someone else's version of it
1: yeah yeah And I think that's part of the thing is that people need to detach from it and be aware that it is literally an art form and that it is people taking this character and making it their own. like people commenting on like the way that different um, people that do Heather Chandler or Veronica and how they do the riffs or things like that. I'm like, you've also got to be aware that there's no point in me trying to do that, you know, the ending of Dead Girl Walking where she like hits that top note and it's like such a skrelt moment no point me trying to do that because i can't do that so i'm gonna do Mm. my own thing with it there's no point in me doing something that is also going to sound bad and it's possibly going to hurt me like when i have other things that i can do that are still really strong and just as good choices just because i'm not doing exactly the same as what barrel but we done same as nobody needs to carry um copy what carrie hope fletcher does because every time that you do a show you should be making it your own version Keeping in mind, obviously, the text. So people need to stop gatekeeping yeah. performers and being like, well, you didn't do it like barrow weed And it's like, well, I'm not barrow weed therefore I'm not going to do it like her. Because what's, I don't, I don't give two shits about seeing a show that the person might be absolutely phenomenal, but if they do it the exact same way, I'm like, well, I've seen it. I'm not yeah. interested in seeing that again.
2: Exactly. And that, I think, brings into context the fandom of heathers i mentioned earlier how tired i was of seeing productions that are just fans of heathers doing heathers and doing the same sort of thing over and over i had no idea about the carrie hope fletcher scenario because i don't know if that's just me being detached from drama or just being completely ignorant um i had no idea that her rendition of veronica was so controversial So hearing that Heather's fans suddenly wanted one production and one production only and uh, anyone who dared veer away from it was considered a pariah, this now does not surprise me (laughs) that we're seeing so many cookie-cutter productions. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly why.
2: Context is king.
1: The fan base is... Honestly, kind of scary. Like the, yeah. And it's what makes me legitimately reconsider if I audition for this production of Heathers or not.
0: That's probably the scariest part about doing Heathers, I think, because... And I've learned how to stop this talk, because you have to stop the talk, because you can't enable it. Mm-hmm. But it's that there's a lot of pressure, and it's like, oh, well, if you're not as good as the... As Barrett Wilbert well, then oh, she was she was awful because she didn't do it the same. And I think that's what plays into what you're saying, Gareth, about why we get so many cookie cutter productions. But you have to just go, you know what? Like I'm not gonna feed into this and I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna be my own person. And I'm not gonna put pressure on myself. It's a role like any other role. Why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves with this specific production that it has to be just above and beyond and even more incredible. I mean, it didn't even go to Broadway. It didn't go to Broadway. It didn't go to
2: Broadway. But
0: it has even it has the same connotation as if you do Wicked, for instance. It's like, oh, wow, you're doing Wicked. How cool. And it's like, oh, why do we put so much pressure on this on um, this specific um, show? And I'm sure it's just because it, it has a lot of massive vocals that is can be really hard to pull off. And so people love... Some people love to come and critique people or like find, you know, it's like, oh they're on the edge of the seats. Will they make it? Will they hit the notes? Will they not? Um so yeah, that definitely plays into the fandom a bit. But on the opposite side, the fandom are also amazing and mm-hmm. supportive and wow, the other palace has kept Heathers running for so long because of the fan base. Because young people are in theatre and coming to see theatre. And that's what's exciting about the fan base for this show. Yeah. Because they will go and watch a production of Heathers even if they like, you know, have twenty bucks in their account, they will yeah. they will go and support it. And most of the time, like theater, is a lot of the time reliant on an older demographic and a lot of, um, you know, well, you know, from 50, 50 to eighty year olds is usually the target market for a lot of shows because they get. They, they actually go and enjoy theatre. So it's really refreshing to see something that gets yeah. young people into
1: theatre. Definitely Australian audiences. That's what they target yeah. towards, which is oh, God, so, yeah. it's so frustrating. And I'm not even going to get into that.
2: Well, friends, let's have a bit of a palate cleanser, shall we? We're getting into some Ooh. heady territory. How does you feel about a game?
0: I'm excited. I'm so yes, I'm excited. excited.
2: All right. So, this is just going to be your basic first 5 second of a song challenge. I'm sure there's a <gasps> classier name for those, but I don't <laughs> have one because I'm running with three brain cells.
0: I love it. I'm excited. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to I'm just going to play we individually or we have Uh fun yeah,
2: here? we'll go we'll go one at a time, one at okay. a time. Okay. <laughs> Let's begin with Eliza. Okay. And keep in mind, this is Heather's the musical from the West End.
0: Okay,
1: cool. (laughs) That's all you get. That was a long five
2: seconds.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's my. uh, It's my love is God. Is that right? Is that what it says
2: in this one? No. Oh,
0: it's um. Well, it's the one.
2: You, oh, you've got I one really word
0: wrong the Our love is gone
2: There it is, thank you Yeah,
0: sorry, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Am I yeah, wrong? I, I was being, a, <laughs> I was
2: being I generous with that one Because it is just piano stings But we got there yeah. eventually
0: Love it I mean, I knew
2: it Alright uh, Tori, your turn okay.
1: <laughs> Think Long and hard Conjure up in your mind What would Heather say? What- We're done Oh my god! Now I've got to think of the. Believe it or not, <laughs> she knew about beer. Um, what is the song called? Is the question.
2: And you got a five, a four. Oh no! Three, Time limits. Two, ah! one. No, I'm not. That is the me inside of me. Yeah,
1: okay. But
0: it's actually two different songs in the score, which is really interesting.
2: <laughs> are you are you using reference material to cheat? Okay. Oh. It is time for Eliza once more. <laughs> Let's see.
1: All is forgiven, baby. Come on out and get dressed. You're my date to the pet, pet, rally, pet rally tonight. tonight. <laughs> uh, meant to be yours.
2: Meant to be yours, correct? Yeah. Also
1: just a, a quick sidebar. TikTok went absolutely f- feral for that song oh, they yeah. did they did and, oh, indeed and Jamie Moscato Mus- Mus- M- Mus- yeah. loved they loved yeah. Jamie Muscato. they went absolutely yeah. f- feral for that alright like, Eliza with a 2 nothing lead wow thanks for pointing that out
0: <laughs> well,
2: wait someone you has didn't to be get keeping me score.
1: of me oh, no okay. I didn't get me inside of me because I got oh. given a countdown <laughs> Oh, Wow, cool. You are...
0: If like, you d- I've done
1: the show twice.
2: <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> like- want me to run a mean game, you shouldn't let me run the game at all.
0: Okay, okay. True, true, true. Okay, I'm ready. All right, okay. Tori. Well, that's big fun.
2: There it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, what <laughs> an opening. Fantastic. Okay. Um... Let's make this last one a buzz in. That's how okay. we usually do it. We do two each, then a buzz in. For
1: yeah. two points.
2: Final one. We'll see if we can tie it up. If not, Eliza's gonna win.
1: You wait just a minute, Paul. Oh, I don't know this it is ignorant, <laughs> hateful talk like yours that makes
2: three, two, one. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god. All I got on my end was just this shriek. This unintelligible shriek from both of you.
0: Um. <laughs> so who so who you, got it? <laughs> I think it was <laughs> me. <laughs> on my end, it was me, but that's. Um, on know. my end,
1: it was me.
2: <laughs> I. I. Okay, again. Heather's fandom coming for me, because I'm terrified <laughs> to not give it to either of you.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> live in Jag the same city as eyes. you. I know where you live.
2: You. No, you don't.
1: Yes, I do.
2: Oh, God, you do. I do.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I've been to your house.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'll just let you both say it together. That way you okay. both win.
0: Yeah. Actually, no, that would mean I would win. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it a tie. No, we'll, ta- we'll call it a tie. We'll call it what a tie. What was
2: the okay, song? Right.
0: My, dead, dead my dead gay song.
2: song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you another go at that. Let's get it clean. What was the my, song? Oh,
1: my my dead gay son. son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, leave it all in. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's too good. We're actually. Horrendous. That, that was hilarious. And thank you so much for organising the game as per usual, Gareth. We're yes. actually.
2: You're so welcome. I wish for nothing but death.
1: <laughs> we are actually coming to the end of our deep dive. Um,. What are some, what are some thoughts that we have to kind of end off this deep dive or any like points that we'd like really want to make?
0: I think the, on the, on the topic of the movie versus the musical, Mm. the movie really didn't hit it off. I think because it was so like, it was during the time when it was all the, um, you know, uh, 17 candles, what's it called? 16 candles. 16 candles. It was... The, the Breakfast Club and all of these um, these movies Brandy. that were absolutely romanticizing teenage life in the 80s. And this this movie didn't do that. And that's why it was... it. A, that's probably why it became a cult classic. But also that was why they did it. They didn't want to be... They wanted to completely smack down all of this romanticizing of being a teenager and show what it was like to be a teenager. Um, and... It is really interesting, a lot of the changes they made from the movie. I personally, like, I I like the movie for its cult classic effect, but I do feel like the musical does a much better job of the storyline, and I feel a lot more for the characters. Um, But I think it was a really important movie for its time because that's what its intention was, was to break down all of these um, stereotypes that... Life was really great for all Americans, you know, when you're in American schools and it's like the breakfast club and you can date the, you know, date the bad boy or, you know, all those things.
1: This shows you what happens if, we, if you date the bad boy. <laughs> no, this I does. think this is just a nice, um, a nice, um, obviously a um, heightened view of where you have all of these really romanticized like this is what it's like to be a 16 year old in the 80s in america this goes actually it kind of sucked uh Mm -hmm. to a obviously a much heightened extent but it's like high school will always let's be honest high school will always suck high school will never be romanticized no matter how much we want it to be
2: hmm I will say uh, movie versus musical. Obviously, the differences are there. The movie exists as a deconstruction of those high school tropes and this inversion of the norm. However, we are missing one crucial piece of Heather's media, the 2018 Paramount television series rebooting (gasps) the movie. Oh,
1: God, I I have erased that from my memory.
2: I mean, it is currently sitting at 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that should give you some idea of the effect that this series had. They attempted, indeed, to invert the high school trope. They made the victims, quote-unquote, the bullies, in which Heather Duke is a gender-fluid human, Uh, Heather McNamara is a biracial lesbian who then has an affair with a male staff member and is outed and becomes a social pariah. It is made out very similarly like you said of saying hey what happens if the inverse is true and the cool kids are actually really awful and murderous and psychopathic and but in this case it's what if the victims were actually the bullies and it was horrendous uh, awful yeah. terrible just... and oh, burn yeah. it to the ground
1: watched yeah. one episode and was like i i'm good i don't know yeah. it kind of feels like one of those shows where and i hate when shows of any capacity whether it be theater movie TV shows where they kind of go oh, let's let's make it woke you guys. Let's add oh all these God. things and we're going to make it woke and cool. Um, and that's the whole reason why they did it. It doesn't mm. feel like they did it because these are the characters that we have written. You know, it felt like it was like we're doing this because this is the, currently the thing that is a trendy thing to do and therefore the kids are going to like it.
2: Exactly. I
0: mean, can we talk about Riverdale's pre- episode of Heather's? I... <laughs> I was just – I, I can couldn't we, get through it.
1: Can I we forgot any that happened. Of, oh, I know any of
0: Riverdale's musical oh, episodes that – Just don't. Just don't. Oh, but on, like, a separate – I guess separate topic but same topic um, – One thing we didn't really mention is also the iconic costuming of this show. Mm. Something that was really important with this show is how different the Heathers look and that that was uniquely made through this... through, at the time, obviously, 70s, shoulder pads, all that power suit. But the fact that they do wear... They're showing their professionalism and establishing, like, a really unique look that no one else in the, in the school has but them without having this slut reputation. So it's not that they're wearing slutty clothes and being, like, popular because of that. They have a unique style and show... And I guess, like, kind of in the movie, um, Heather Chandler is very preppy, very... Uh, she's got a clipboard and she's asking the um, the, the lunch time poll. questions. So it's a, it's a really interesting way that they actually created this popular group through also costuming of that and how unique that is to yeah. this musical. It's not like mean girls where're in short dresses. Like yes, there is a little bit of like a short skirt moment, but it's it is very different. like their, their tits aren't out, you know.
1: They've made it via a unique costuming choice rather yeah. than, <clears throat> which makes people look at you. Which I think is what all shows do, but they do it to different extents. But it's not like, I'm the popular girl because I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z to make it that way. Um, people mm. know who they are because of how they act and how they ha- how they dress. Um, do we, Um. I mean, I'm... This has been fantastic. I've loved this. I've loved this little chat. We've actually oh, yeah. not had disagreeing opinions for once, except for, the, <gasps> except for maybe one. Shocking. Yeah,
2: and that was me. Yeah, and that <laughs> and, was... And you know, shock me, shock me, shock me. I'm the one with the dissenting opinion.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, Crazy. I love it, though. It's, it makes it interesting, and at least we have, um, you know, other people might have the same opinion, so... Yeah. yeah. It is Like, I,
2: I think we've covered a fair range of bases. I will yeah. leave us on one final fun fact... The director of Heathers in every incarnation, off-Broadway and West End, and all the workshops, Andy Fickman. Not only is he the award-winning director of Heathers, he is also the director of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2.
1: That's why that
2: was in there. Yeah, that's all.
0: I was (laughs) like, Mall Cop was such a sensational... Um, box office um, Oscar
1: award.
2: Till death do us blot, baby! Let's go! (laughs) Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Well, on that note, I feel like we're going to end the episode there. This has been absolutely delightful. We will be having one final deep dive for the year, which I will put up a poll shortly to decide upon, unless... Unless... We wish to decide upon that ourselves, and obviously. But you guys should organise to get tickets to see Heather at the Queensland Con.
2: I agree.
0: Come and get tickets, guys. If you want to come and see the show, we're on from the 15th to the 19th of November. I'll be on every second show. I'm not really sure which shows yet. And um, you can find tickets at the Queensland Conservatorium conservatorium.com.au if you wanna yeah. come and check it out and come see a bit of a con show if you're in Bris Vegas. We'll pop
1: a little link down in yeah, the, in the description, description of this episode. Um but thank you all for being here. Thank you Eliza. Thank you Gareth thank you Tim also. thank you Tori. Um I it. Like, well, you shouldn't have um, that's <laughs> that's it for today's episode so thank you so so much for being here. Um, and until next time, stay happy, healthy, and safe, and we will see you
0: then. Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work